Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Flight Republic. It has been a while since the episode, hasn't it? So long that this might as well be a whole new podcast, or at the very least, something like a reboot. This episode is just going to be a quick one, just going over what's on the line this November, as the title obviously says, and then kind of going into my hopes for this November as well, you know, always want to keep it hopeful in the face of despair. And then rounding it off, I want to talk about some of the future plans I have for this podcast and where I'm planning on taking it in the coming months. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. So what's on the line this November? This is just kind of going to be a list of what I personally think are some of the biggest things on the line this November. Obviously, one of the biggest issues to appear within the past few months has been abortion, which, even if not explicitly, is very much on the ballot in many states, on the ballot in both a federal sense, as well in a state-by-state sense as well. Make no mistake, as Republicans love to proclaim that it's a state issue, they've made it very clear that they win back control of Congress, they're going to pass a nationwide ban on abortion. Take the Heartbeat Protection Act, for example, which was introduced in the House all the way back in February of 2021 with 128 co-sponsors. This law would ban abortions after cardiac activity could even be detected, essentially outlawing most abortions before many women even know they're pregnant, usually at about six weeks. Luckily, this law failed to pass and really gained much traction, but don't trust them when they say that they want it to be up to the state. The only thing they care about is restricting a woman's right to choice and controlling women's sexuality. And so that's where things were. I had made the script, and I was going to edit and proofread it today before recording it and uploading it to be published. And then, just today, that would be the 13th of September as I'm writing this, Lindsey Graham introduced a federal abortion ban. This would ban abortions after 15 weeks, and this comes somewhat interestingly, as many other top Republicans are distancing themselves from the issue as the midterms approach. They know that this is an extremely motivating issue for Democrats, and also for many independents. This has almost no chance of being passed, or even really making it to the floor under the current makeup of the Senate, But if Democrats lose this November, this could change, which is why, for the hundredth time, it is extremely important that you, yes, you the listener, get out and vote. Another, arguably even more important thing that's on the ballot this November is democracy itself. And what I really want to focus on is the state of voting rights right now in America, especially in red states post-2020. Obviously, there was this big lie, which, if you don't know, was the, the lie that there was widespread voter fraud in the 2020 election leading to Biden being elected. This caused many state legislatures to restrict voter access in a response to Biden winning. According to the Brennan Center, as of May of this year, quote, As of May 4th, at least 34 bills with restrictive provisions are moving through 11 state legislatures. Overall, lawmakers in 39 states have considered at least 393 restrictive bills for the 2022 legislative season. 
Since the beginning of 2021, 18 states have passed 34 restrictive voting laws, which can disproportionately affect voters of color. So, what can Congress do to affect this issue? One, they can pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. To do this, though, they would probably have to get rid of the filibuster, which would be possible if Democrats expanded control of the Senate, since in order to get rid of the filibuster, only a simple majority is needed. They can also end gerrymandering, which would make a huge difference to the makeup of the House, as states like Florida and Texas, among others, are gerrymandered to high hell. And then there's LGBTQ rights. There are really two groups of people here in the strings behind the scene. This will probably be considered up there with Plessy v. Ferguson as one of the worst decisions in U.S. history. There are the nut jobs complaining that they then pronouns aren't real. However, I feel like they're less talking about non-binary people than they are just complaining about trans people's existence in general. First, let's talk about trans women and, to be more specific, trans youth. There have been numerous laws that restrict trans women playing in women's sports. 19 states have banned trans women competing in sports under their gender identity in various capacities. While there is currently no national legislation restricting trans women in sports, Republicans are trying to change this. The quote-unquote Protect Children's Innocence Act, which, side note, already off to a terrible start with that name, if someone says that they want to protect children's innocence, I'm already going to imagine that something strange is going on. This sounds like something a creep would say, and judging by some of the co-sponsors, that idea isn't exactly far off. The bill was introduced by Marjorie Taylor Greene in August of this year, and the co-sponsors include Madison Cawthorn, Lauren Bobbitt, and alleged, for legal reasons, alleged, pedophile Matt Gates among others. In total, there are 24 co-sponsors of this bill. The b- bill would, to put it simply, prohibit gender-affirming care on minors, prohibits the use of federal funds being used to cover gender-affirming care or for the health insurance that covers such care. It also prohibits qualified health plans from including gender-affirming care. Further, it prohibits instructions of higher education to offer instruction in gender-affirming care. In short, it goes beyond just attacking trans youth and into attracting trans people as a whole. If this bill is allowed to pass, people undoubtedly will die. And again, that's why it's important to get out and vote this November. And now I want to touch on the situation that gay and lesbian people are in right now, especially with the current state of the SCOTUS. First, let's talk about Clarence Thomas and Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization. To quote a Newsweek article that was authored in June, quote, In his Friday concurring opinion with the majority decision to overturn abortion rights, Thomas wrote that the Supreme Court should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold Lawrence and Oberfell. The justice contended that those precedents were, quote-unquote, demonstrably erroneous. One of the most concerning things that came out of the Dobbs case, and what I believe will have one of the far biggest and far-reaching effects of any court case, possibly since Marbury v. Madison, is the, the idea that a right must be, quote-unquote, deeply rooted in the nation's history. 
Now, this may be a bit of an exaggeration, but it sends a very dangerous precedent, especially with the far-right conservatives that are currently both on the bench and also those that are pulling the strings behind the scenes. This will probably be considered one of the worst decisions of U.S. history up there with Plessy v. Ferguson. What I personally think needs to happen is the SCOTUS needs to be expanded, and I personally think up to 13 seats. This is needed in order to protect democracy and also to protect marginalized communities in the U.S. And what I think a lot of people forget could happen is Congress could kneecap the SCOTUS in the amount of power that they have. The SCOTUS gave themselves the power of judicial review, and Congress can thus take it away from them. I don't think this is the best option, but it is an option nonetheless to try and limit the power of what is now such a dangerous tool against freedom. And while this is in no way a comprehensive list, just my top worries, I just want to round out the list with climate change. Recently, Congress passed one of the most far-reaching climate bills in history. While this is by no means all that is needed, it still represents a very important step in the right direction in the fight against climate change, which is an existential threat to us all. The bill, known as the Inflation Reduction Act, has about $369 billion in climate and energy security investments. This means spending of about $37 billion a year for the next 10 years. And while this may sound like a lot of money, when compared to other departments, it pales in size. For example, the DoD budget is about $773 billion in 2023 alone. The bill also has the goal of reducing emissions by 40%. Again, this is an incredibly important step, and I'm more than happy that it's passing, but more needs to be done. Personally, I support the Green New Deal, but even if Democrats hold the House and gain in the Senate, I don't think it has much of a chance of passing, but that doesn't mean that we give up. We have to fight for more and fight for better. So, what do I hope happens? The Democrats gain at least two seats in the Senate and then maintain control of the House. The polling, however, shows a slightly different picture, at least in the House. According to the 538 election forecasts, there's a 74 in 100 chance the Republicans win control of the House. But historically, polling can be accurate, so don't let this discourage you, and it's still important that everybody get out and vote. Whatever the final outcome is, it will probably be very close. So now I just want to chill and talk about some future plans I have for the podcast. I plan on releasing smaller, more like recaps of what's been going on week by week. And these episodes will be released bi-weekly. And then I plan on releasing bigger episodes monthly. The bi-weekly episodes will start next month, so sometime in October be looking for that. And so I'm pretty excited about that. But what I'm even more excited about is the bigger monthly episodes that I'm planning on putting out, the first of which should be released sometime at the end of this month or early October. Okay, so drumroll please. The title of this episode that I'm working on is Guns Are Greater Than Uteri. So you can probably guess what this is about, primarily about gun rights and how uteri have become more regulated in this country 
than guns. This will also be weaving in some really interesting threads about the Supreme Court and how in the 70s everything started to change with quote-unquote originalism really becoming a thing. No discussion of what happened in the 70s and 80s would also be complete without talking about the rise of evangelicalism either. So stay tuned and be ready for an exciting new episode coming soon to wherever you listen to podcasts. So that's all folks. Remember to follow me for more great content from me, Artemis. Peace out.